welcome to the History of Fun, where we explore the hidden backstories behind the things you love to do. My name is Russ Frushtick. I'm joined by Allegra Frank. Hey, Allegra. Hey, Russ. And we have a very special guest. Uh, Christopher Thomas Plant is on paternity leave. He had a wee little baby, little babe. Little Moses. Little Moses is born. Um, So we have Clayton is joining us. Welcome, Clayton. Clayton Ashley, who is uh, on our video team here at Polygon. Um, and he, as I understand it, is an expert on Lego. You might call me a Lego maniac. Would I? I guess that's from an old ad. I'm going to. I'm going to start calling you that from now on. The Lego maniac. Uh, I love Legos. Um, me too. But I also find them very stressful. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, because, uh, you know, obviously every like set comes with like hundreds of pieces. And a part of me in the back of my head is like, um. I want to follow the instructions because I want it to like end in a very satisfying way. Mm-hmm. But the flip side is like, I feel like following the instructions is boring and not creative at all. So I'm very torn. I, th- this is one of the reasons I actually think Lego is such a cool toy is that y- it's, you can enjoy it however you want. Sure. I think both of those ways are totally fair ways to enjoy your Lego. And you can actually kind of do both where you build it first and, and then you destroy it and make whatever you want. Yeah. Allegra, how did, how, what was your Lego experience? Yeah, I was going to say the way I enjoyed Lego as a kid was by petting the boxes at Toys R Us, looking at them <laughs> wistfully and wishing my parents would let me buy them. Because they're expensive. They're expensive. And then also, like, I was a kid and my parents would be like, you're just going to lose all the pieces. You can't That's have true. those. Yeah. The <laughs> trick is to have parents who won't let you have violent video games. So then you're just like, well, what about Legos? Oh, yeah. Educational. Totally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay. So, so how did this start? Well, well, I, I guess I'll do this kind of classic history of fun thing oh and start boy. off with a teaser. Yeah. We've got fire. <gasps> We've got Manichaean mor- morality tales. Is that how you say Manichaean? I don't Manichaean? know what that is. I'm not sure what that word is. I'm not smart enough for that. What does that mean? Uh, black and white. Very, oh. uh, there's good side, there's bad. Ah. And I then like uh, a get rich quick scheme. Ooh. Yeah. Love it. So starting, I guess, we'll just do this uh, chrono- chronologically, historically. Uh, get started. How did Lego get started? It started with a man named Ole Kirk Christensen. Good pronunciation. <laughs> I like I that. I practiced that a lot. That yeah. seems very authentic. <laughs> Actually, I'm just now realizing I don't know if it's Ole. It's spelled O L E, but I don't know. I want to say Ole. Could be. Yeah, let's say I, Ole. He's like Ola, but let's say Ole. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> he's Danish, so I don't know how uh, how exactly. I, I focus too much on the Christensen's part, but he uh, he started a woodworking shop. Back in 1916, and he he started it with his 12-year-old son, uh, making ladders and stools and mm. ironing boards, you know, fun stuff. Thrilling. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I wonder if maybe letting his kids in the wood shop was a bad idea, because in 1924, oh, no. his sons set some wood chips on fire and oh. burned down the wood. The wood yeah. I should have predicted the fire. I was fully expecting an, uh, an arm to get chopped off, because um, <laughs> that was always my fear in the wood shop. No, no, no. That... <laughs> <laughs> Every wood shop I go into. It's true. <laughs> um, but, he, but he actually decided to double down. Okay. Rebuilt, uh, rebuilt the house, rebuilt the wood shop, and bigger this time. Um, going into the Great Depression, um, not as great a time to build some of these uh, ladders and, and ironing boards and things. So he decided to turn into toys. And the Great Depression was better for toys than so ladders. I guess I guess I've heard kind of descriptions of how this like why movie theaters also got big it was, was that something like small and cheap that could entertain you for a while yeah. was a big deal. To okay. have in the Great Depression. It wasn't just a depression economically. 
you know, that's emotionally. True. That's very true. But I'll admit, I don't know specifically if that's if that's the case. Um, I was researching Lego and not the Great Depression. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so some of the toys he made, they were like trucks. Um, a famous one is actually a duck that was on wheels, <gasps> and when you pulled it, the mouth. I love that duck. And closed. Yeah. <laughs> That duck is awesome. I'd play with that duck. It's yeah, fun I, as hell. I realized I'd seen that in like movies and, and, and cartoons and TV shows. I didn't realize it had anything to do with Lego, yeah. but it's a huge collector's item now. Interesting. You can find the uh, Lego duck. Wow. Um, this is also around the time that he kind of coined the term, uh, came up with the word Lego, and it comes from the Danish words leg got, G-O-D-T. Um, any idea, any guesses what you think that stands got, for? Maybe got is game? Or what that means? Hmm. I would guess game. Like, like brick? Brick game? brick game? Play well. Oh. Wait, is leg play? Yeah. I will, oh. I'm assuming unless it's kind of like a backwards language. Yeah, I'm play well. It's very sweet. Oh, yeah, play well. Oh, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> um, and, I, and let's see. The, uh, the Great Depression was still not a great time as much as the, uh, the, the toys did well for them. But there's a lot of struggles. They laid off workers. At times they... The family barely made men's eat, uh, made men's, made ends meet. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, the, the toys were high quality. And I guess that's what kind of kept them going is that they, they, they were distinct enough in the market. They like took time to carve them well. They put on like three, mm. uh, finishes of paint. I think there's kind of a famous story, um, of his son coming home from the workshop and saying, I saved money. I only did two, two, uh, uh, coats of paint on our ducks and his father gave him a, a verbal tongue lashing oh. about how that was not not the proper way to do that's make a better than duck. a cane situation <laughs> so uh, yeah i wasn't sure with that story they said verbal tongue lashing but there's no way to know that yeah, yeah. I'm a little what other kind then. of tongue lashing is there well i would say a, a cane lashing yeah. would be the oh, other okay. alternative i'm just like verbal tongue lashing. Yeah. back then you got to imagine a, a coat of paint pretty expensive yeah that's mm. like a sizable chunk of your investment mm -hmm. so but Quality first at the Lego Land. So um, after the Great Depression, the uh, there was obviously World War II, um, and he starts looking into plastics because uh, lots of other manufacturing supplies were getting harder to come by. Sure. And at and, this point, let me just clarify: yeah. he has not made anything brick-like. It's it's just like so, weird ducks and stuff like that. The wooden toys, some of them were kind of with some sort of construction idea, but no, not not okay. the brick. But sure. this is the time in in 1946. Uh, the family bought an injection molder. Ooh. What is that? Uh, so that plastic, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, literally, oh, you have oh, okay. just a metal mold, and it just uh, injects the liquid plastic, hardens in exactly that shape. Listen, when I hear injection, I think about something <laughs> completely different. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Allegra. <laughs> but uh, it turns out, still in uh, Denmark, it the um, because of all the uh, issues with... Um, manufacturing and what was available during the war they they he was actually banned from selling any uh of his plastic stuff that he made with this thing until 1947 the law has changed um and by 1949 they start selling the automatic binding brick and this is the precursor to the modern lego brick the automatic binding brick abb hmm. that needs a little branding help doesn't it i like abb abb but like the, you can't even say <laughs> you can't even say Abba. that. So something I found, and I don't know how, how this might have been heresy, but uh, that he named it that English name, kind of to give uh, is a respectful nod to the Allied forces that um, oh and and that rescued them. everyone. Yeah. That's uh, very nice. Yeah. Oh, so he actually used English. That was not yeah. like a translation. Yes, it oh, was okay. the automatic binding. Oh. Wow. Yeah. 
Um, so uh, Ole, he dies in 1952. Well, what does this what does this look so, like? I want to talk about the binding brick specifically. I, like, I couldn't actually find it. Find it. Do you? Do, but like functionally, is it? Did it work like a Lego? Yes. Was it tiny like a Lego? Um, yeah. I, 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 so it's it's coming actually here pretty soon. That uh, I guess whatever this era before modern Lego, it doesn't last long. So he, Ole, his father, uh, he dies in 1952, right as his son Gottfried is launching the ABB. Hmm. Um, with this idea known as system of play. Okay. And this is kind of a big deal with Lego still today, and that's the idea that everything interlocks. So I'm guessing, to answer your question, that before that, that brick was probably different enough, and it was specifically different enough that it would not work with modern Lego bricks. Oh, but I see. But by 1955, yeah. the standard Lego brick, same as today. Any yeah, sets that's from back amazing. Then would work today. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so cool. And it's not just, uh, it, back then it was still pretty simple, but that, that system of play idea goes beyond just like the brick. You, you might notice with the little minifigures, they have hands that can uh, hold yeah. certain things. That kind of like a stick that a figure might hold can also fit in other pieces, mm-hmm. and those pieces can then connect two bricks together. So there's lots of different ways that Legos interlock. And the important thing is it doesn't matter what set you're getting, they all work together. Yeah, that's incredible that that's been consistent. Um, unfortunately, five years later, there was another fire. Oh, no. <laughs> and plastic fires are the worst kind well, of fires. Actually, <laughs> this is still at a time when they were making wooden toys okay. and plastic toys. Sure. Guess what happened to all the wooden toys? Burned. Burned Burn to the ground. Plastic was fine. It didn't turn into a big puddle of plastic. I, guess so. <laughs> I think I think the, the, the kind of plastic they use is, is hardier stuff. And oh, okay. it was okay. And so the, the company decided, well, lost all our wooden stuff, so I guess we'll just stick to plastic. That's now. the end of the wood. <laughs> it's and, a sign. Yeah. And so that's where we get uh, what is kind of now, I, I, I like to think of how like it was today. Mm. Because in 1960, the 60s is when you kind of start getting some of the first sets the first instruction books uh, instruction manuals sure. start coming out in sets in 1964 so before that it was like here's a bunch of blocks go wild it was yeah it was, it was yeah. not as or or might have a picture but it's not going to explain how to do it oh man that's really hard um can you imagine just seeing a picture of a lego thing and being like i could build that make this i mean even with instructions i'm like mm, i don't know i can't do even this, if so. it was just like a cube like yeah. a bigger cube made of little legos that are already cubes <laughs> i don't think i could do it yeah <laughs> Um, in 1961 is when they make their first wheel and oh. tire. Yeah, and here's a here's a fun quiz. Who do you think is the biggest tire manufacturer in the world? This is an easy one. Goodyear. Goodyear would be my guess. Guys, it's Lego. Come on. What? Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. Right. <laughs> I, said it was I thought an they easy needed one. to reach out to Goodyear to manufacture their tires. No, for them. T- today Lego is technically <laughs> the largest really manufacturer funny. of tires in the world. Like That's... just straight up tires. Yes, well, because they're just baby Little tires. Little itty bitty tires. If okay. you didn't have to make giant tires, it'd be easy. It's kind of one of those lame trick question trivia yeah. things you can That's use. That's good. But yeah. Um, and then in 1966 was when they've made the first train, and Lego trains are still kind of a thing today. They still still make them. I think I think even the train tracks are still the same. Uh, I guess grade, <laughs> so you can use old Lego trains, new Lego trains. They all still work. That's so cool. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a Lego train. Yeah, no. Oh, they're sweet. That was that was my kind of white whale Lego set because they were like the big expensive one and i always wanted but never got so you build the train and then you build the tracks and, and does it cl- no, come- so the, the tracks are just kind of like big pieces um that's like a straight away for like oh i see eight yeah, inches sure. and then a turn and yeah. you can make like an oval and yeah but uh does it also come with like the post office and like the various other things around no you gotta buy that <laughs> okay that's extra sold separately mm-hmm. yes um and then at nine in 1969 uh duplo 
this is the brand for kind of kids. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. The big bricks, um, which if you have never had a younger brother or sister who had to play with those, um, if you saw the end of the Lego movie, yes. there's kind of that twist ending at the very end. That, that's Duplo. The kid and that, and that is owned by the Lego company. Yes, it is one of their brands. And they launched that when you said in 1969? Yep. So before that, I guess it was pretty clear that these were not like blocks that weren't designed for like six-year-olds. No, I'm guessing not. Right. They are also that. like, not only are they small and could you like choke on them, mm -hmm. but you they're also kind of like hard to pull apart, hard to put mm -hmm. together. Yeah. If yeah. you're not they're super coordinated complex. like me. Yeah. For Allegra, it's really hard. <laughs> it's ex I love Duplo. No joke. <laughs> Duplo was my jam. You don't have a lot of options with Duplo. Yeah, I don't need options. <laughs> I don't want options. All right. So uh, actually, this is a good uh, segue. In 1971 is actually around when they started marketing to girls. Oh. Um, and thanks. this has kind of been <laughs> a thing with Lego about like when they veer into being a, a, a branding, branding their stuff uh, I would say in, in a, a good way versus maybe not such a great way. Um, there's kind of this famous ad this from 1981. I'll kind of show you. Oh, yes. But it's, it's got a little girl and it just says. Um, what is beautiful? What, what is beautiful? Uh, yeah. what, it, it's a, what it is. What? <laughs> what it is is beautiful. Oh, what it is is beautiful. Yes. I can translate Thank because you. it's for women. But basically yes, exactly. it's an ad that's not gendering the toy. Yeah. It's it's something that anyone can enjoy. And 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 like the little like the girl is wearing jeans and a t-shirt. She's not like wearing a frilly dress and only playing with like pink yeah. Legos or anything like that. Like it's mm -hmm. a very agender pitch, which is to say Creativity is important, right? And like, yeah, it's exactly. what the kid wants to make is is the end result. Unfortunately, that's kind of their high point for a while okay. in terms. I mean, they 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 had this uh, brand called Scala, and it was effectively Dollhouse, but Lego. Sure. And because as that was what they assumed is that this is the only way we can get um, women to play with Legos. Is and is that after this uh, ad came th out? No, that that was weirdly that was in the seventies before this ad came out. They were already okay. kind of doing this like gendered toy lines, sure, but. They had that ad was kind of just odd thing. Um, and then we go into 1975. They come up with Expert Builder. This is their kind of pro Legos, kind of definitely geared towards uh, older. Um, what does that mean? Smaller pieces? No. So this More is like pieces? levers and gears and axles. Oh, so anytime yeah. you see somebody who's made like a robot. Yeah. Like something that can actually manipulate itself. Mm -hmm. That's probably been built with what is now called Technic. They they refined this brand line in the 1981 calls it Technic. And I'm pretty sure that's still what they call okay. it. Okay. Yeah. I always confuse yeah. that with Connects. Very different. Very different. Oh, very Screw connects. Different. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, not actually. There, there, there's a lot of similarities between that line of Lego sure. and, and Connect. That's probably a yeah. good. Uh... I think when I was in school, we did um, Legos with like lasers. So like you'd block a laser, and then the car would drive. It was like programming, and the car would drive, and then it created these like mousetrap style. What? Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. That's I know. Cool. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, we'll, we'll go to that. <gasps> Ooh, exciting. <laughs> 1975 was also the year that the precursor to the modern Lego minifigure was introduced. This was quite so they hadn't had an action figure before that. They hadn't. Yeah, no. They, I mean, they they'd had extremely simple ones. Okay, but nothing that was even. It was just a block like, with a face painted on. Yeah, I think so. Um, and a little hat. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Blocky. <laughs> <laughs> they had um, solid torsos. Okay. Um, they have solid torsos now, right? Yeah, but they and they had separate moving arms, but the the, the lower body was a solid piece that was not movable. Oh, and I the see. Heads oh. didn't have any printed features on them. What? 
What? Faceless. Like, just faceless. It's like uh, a Twilight Zone episode. That's terrifying. <laughs> it, was a, it was an odd time for Lego. <laughs> Some existential horror in there. Um, and then in 1978, they came out with themes. Mm. And this is another thing that you, you see still today. It's kind of the main emphasis. They started out with three core themes. Town, space, and castle. All three of which mm. continue today. Yeah. Mm. That, when I think of like generic Lego when I was like very young, mm-hmm. castle, very common. Town, I never really saw a lot, but I'm sure it was around. And, and space, absolutely. Like. And, and that kind of how generic they were, that's literally how they started. It was just like town, yeah. space. They just had a castle. And in Did you 19- have any of these, Lego? I never, I've never owned Legos. Did you play with them? Were you buying Legos in 1978? <laughs> <laughs> well, right. <laughs> uh, I would like go to people's, always guys, guys' houses, yeah. and they would have Legos. Mm. So yes, that that is, I mm. never like built a thing that mattered. See, that's yeah. what I mean, it's Lego the branding, it was. Right. Yeah, clearly yeah. it wasn't working for some no, reason. No, it wasn't working. <laughs> so, Lego. These themes also introduced the modern minifigure. Okay. Now they were st- they were they were effectively the same as today. You you were interchangeable with the ones today, but they still they only had that classic two eyes and a smiley face. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. no like expressions. Just I uh, guess I didn't. It didn't occur to me that the ones today have expressions. Yeah, do they? Lots of different ones. Okay, what? and that and that started in um, 1989 with the fourth theme introduced, pirates. Oh, oh nice. yeah. And there was some controversy, because there's always a controversy when you change things up, that they started introducing facial expressions. So you sure. had like pirates that had like an eye patch and yeah. kind of like a growl or, or like the like, DreamWorks smirk. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> just there was. slightly made the smile askew. <laughs> and uh, it was also the first time they had a gun in one of their... It was like a, like a musket, right? It was a musket. It was yeah. old-timey. Um, because there was kind of a, a through line you'll see... Uh, the. Changes, but that the, they were kind of trying to present their toys as being non-violent yeah. in a way. Mm. So it was kind of a big deal. Ironically, pirates the most violent. Yeah. There is. <laughs> That's pretty much all they do is violence. <laughs> I was thinking that like the point would be because they're still trying to sell this as a kid's toy, but it sounds like it kind of never really was, right? What do you mean? Like it sounds like it was always kind of like super complicated, and then by this point they have those like more pro sets. Like I feel like there is like an adult demographic. There is already. absolutely an adult graph, uh, demographic already. But kind of important this time is that besides like trying to get their money and making lines for them, they mm-hmm. didn't really engage with that section. Mm-hmm. And kind of known mm-hmm. as adult fans of Lego. Okay, there's an acronym. A F O L. A-fall. Yeah, again, doesn't really, you can't really say it out loud A-fall. and have a good ring to it. A-fall. <laughs> um, and speaking of which, another kind of line geared at that set was called Model Team. And these were the first super accurate sets. This wasn't full of as nearly as many kind of gears and things. This was just giant sets with tons of pieces so they could make really fine details. Sure. Yeah. So there's like, I think in these first ones it was cars. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. But just like getting every little feature accurate as much as possible. And how like large pieces. were these? Uh, I'd say like a bread basket. Yeah, like similar, like a like a model car you might have on a shelf. Kind yes, of. exactly. And I think that's kind of how they thought of them is these are yeah. models you put together and, and display. Mm-hmm. And, and that, I think at that level, it seems pretty complicated. I don't know. Before that, though, like... They weren't that complicated <laughs> to follow. We probably could make a, like a castle. Yeah, I think we yeah. could probably manage it. Because the castle, yeah. a lot of it's just walls. And at that <laughs> point, you're just building up, right? 
I was thinking about the space shuttle. Was that in the space one? Yeah, gotta be, right? So, yeah, yeah right? interestingly, I think they, they categorize that in this weird, like, it's space, but also town. What? Space town. town. Well, well it, it, it's, it's like they would have the launch pad of the, the raw. And then, oh, you know, sure. that's in the suburb outside of town but it's yeah. still part of town sure and it's in houston it's, yeah <laughs> everything is just like or florida i guess cape canaveral <laughs> everything's derivative of town there's just yeah. town town <laughs> space town <laughs> castle town castle towns love it pirate, pirate town, town. Yeah. <laughs> also known as epcot <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh, now i'm going to get in to sub themes and this is kind of where I got into Lego. Okay. Was kind of the late 90s, early 2000s. I was into Lego for a pretty long time. And I, I was kind of really interested in how they sub-themed things. So as I mentioned early on, there was space. Mm. But they wanted to have new stuff every year. So what they started doing is sub-themes. So you had classic space, although back then it was still just called space. The next one that came out was called Blacktron. Then you had Futuron, Space Police. So I'm sorry, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Explain each of these because I was not expecting that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll give you, a, you can see, uh, there's a logo. Okay. But there's like uh, a kind of a 70s looking logo. That's oh, yeah. There's, there's some sweet branding from these. Uh, the, the idea with it, though, was t to bring, um, as much as they didn't want direct conflict, you had to have good guys and oh, bad guys. I see. Um, and I, I guess, uh, let's see, I think they set up. Blacktron as the villains, um, they had kind of like red and black and yellow, and then Futuron, they actually kind of set up as a, a civil space society. You might think of like your your space federation. They're they're neutral, not good guys or okay, bad guys. Sure, but then you needed the good guys, so sure. they came up with the space police. Oh <laughs> yeah, God! I want to name like multiple bands. <laughs> 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 and and this keeps going. So then they have Imtron, Blacktron, Future Generation, Space Police Two, Ice Planet Twenty uh, Two Thousand Two, and and this goes. So on. this is what dragged you into it. I and I got in, uh, jumped in here about halfway down this list around Explorians. Explorians. Oh my god. The sub <laughs> the sub theme is when I got my very first set. Okay. Um, and and they were a, they were a peaceful organization about exploring the galaxy. They were like an Indiana Jones style space exploration outfit. I, I suppose. I, I don't think they were taking. Or I guess uh, Star Trek is about exploring. Yeah, yeah. Right? It sounds like Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but again, they they couldn't leave it without having some kind of opposition. Mm. So they they introduced UFO. And judging on the fact that this came out in 1996. It, there's uh, definitely ID4. there's some ID four inspiration there, and right? I think that's the yeah. thing is why they Jeff weren't Goldblum. at this time. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, today they probably would have just made ID four branded Legos, sure, because they're really into licensing and yeah. get to that. But back then, they kind of just like sort of aped things. They, yeah. they didn't want to actually pay for the the licensing, but they definitely knew what they were doing. Yeah. Um, and, and this goes on today. I mean, you, they've actually done Space Police 3 recently. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> revenge. Alien, Alien Conquest and Galaxy Squad. Again, they, ha they always have to have these bad guys and good guys. Another one of my favorites around this time, they actually introduced another whole theme that was called, um, let's see, Aquazone. Oh, yeah, oh I think I've God. seen commercials for that, yeah. I yeah. love all these names. It's and like so, underwater, like Atlantis yeah, style. Yeah, so that was, again, the overarching theme, and then yeah. you had the Aquanauts and yeah. the Aqua Sharks. Right. <laughs> aqua Sharks. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and again, good guy, bad guy thing. They, uh, and they, that, that, it's because you needed to buy two. 
That was, I think. It was, it was totally. This is, again, around the time I got Pokemon Blue and Red. I was going to say, Pokemon, It yeah. was perfect for me and my brother. Right. And red was evil and blue was good. Uh, no. Bulbasaur yeah. v. Charizard forever. <laughs> what? Bulbasaur? Oh, I'm sorry. He's green. You don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, Squirtle, squirt. I, I remember from this uh, nostalgic Lego time was before internet. Yeah. Or, or the, the internet was something that Early I- Early internet. Yeah, could not understand. So they had the Lego Shop at Home catalog. Okay. <laughs> And that was something that you could sign up for free. They'd send it to you. And you called them to order Legos because it was kind of hard to find some of these sets. You know, they might have seven sets in a theme every year to find all of them in your local store. Sure. Got to order up and, and get them. And um, that's like kind of how Christmas went. We just let our, we let Santa know that he should call Lego catalog. And a couple of sets <laughs> that's amazing that they had the, like a dedicated phone line. It's like the, the ch- turkey phone line that you ask for <laughs> tips to buy, to make the turkey. So they, you could do more than that. And this is a thing where I have to uh, come clean here. You could call them and say, my set that I bought was missing a certain <gasps> piece. Uh-oh. What did you do, You could have a little white lie. Oh, no, Clayton. And they would send... My set was missing 50 pieces. <laughs> so it wasn't necessarily that. It was that it was just this really cool minifigure, and uh, we just we got another one. Yeah, so yeah. Then, then you had two. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and they were able to survive that uh, economic I, hit? I guess so. <laughs> yeah, Clayton's brutal. Like admitting this as if it's the worst thing he's ever this done. Like Wall Street 3. It probably is the worst thing you've ever done. <laughs> All right, so uh, continuing on, the uh, the Wild West theme came out around yeah. this time, and this one kind of Wild Wild West, yeah, <laughs> theme <laughs> sort of got the the first toes into Lego's issues with representation. Okay, and that was that they introduced oh, yeah. Indians, yeah, with headdresses and face plant and, and face paint. But and did they call them Indians in the do- in the documentation? They did. Okay, now I th- they did a thing where they never had. The cowboy sets, and originally the cowboy sets were like, you got the sheriff and you got the bad guys. Sure. Later on, they added Indians, and the Indian sets were always separate. Mm-hmm. They didn't have, like, the, the, the cowboys in there with them. Sure. Um, so I guess they could sidestep some much more problematic issues. Yeah. But with the actual minifigures, the issue was that they were still universally, every single set that came out, minifigures were always yellow. And this became a little bit odder oh, yeah. when they made the Indian sets. Yeah. Um, this is also when they introduced modern style weapons, so revolvers and rifles. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, I guess you can't really do cowboys without that stuff. Yeah. It seems weird. What are they holding? The sheriff. <laughs> Stick. <laughs> Everyone needs to be holding something. <laughs> um, so w- when that happened, like, where did that pushback come from? Was it just like the media or? It, 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 it was definitely fans? not as big here, but yeah. there, I mean, there were organizations, you know. Oh, sure. Same as today, but not yeah. probably just couldn't get uh, out there quite as much. So were the Native Americans, did they use the yellow minifigures as well? Mm-hmm. That's, it's, yeah, that's exactly they did. the kind of yeah. the kind of the pointing is that they added like headdresses. I don't know what's paint, the better option <laughs> out of those two options. It's like, well, we're going to change the skin color just in this instance. Right. They, is they, not great either. They were kind of like, they, they couldn't do it without doing it like it, it was it was just kind of a pickle they, they yeah had, like worse than that it was just like a problem that they didn't even want to address sure so they just kept yeah sh- trucking along um so maybe maybe not so surprisingly uh this is around the time the lego as a company started doing kind of badly oh <laughs> they um some of the issues they had they didn't know the price of their pieces what so uh, some of those like robot sets, yeah. um, this is around the time they came out with this fiber optic piece. So this little kind of like 
box with a battery in it that you plugged wires into, like clear wires. Yeah. And then this, you turn this little thing on, and lights, you know, the whole little wire would light up like a fiber optic cable. Sure. You could add some, like, cool effects to your set. Every single set they sold that had that in it was sold at a loss because uh. the fiber optic piece itself was so expensive. Oh, my oh God. No. And they did not realize this. How is that possible? Because they, they, they were still kind of a private family-run business, and oh. they didn't... And also, before this, they, were, they had been wildly successful. They hadn't really... It never occurred to them. Yeah, it, it, yeah. And in the 90s, that's when they had an issue. They started, the issue started catching up with them. But something saved them in 1999. Star Wars. Exactly. Aww. Yeah, I got yeah. it. Licensing, licensing, licensing. Episode one saves everyone. Uh, Just the, the one <laughs> positive of episode one. Um, also, they outsourced. Oh, yeah. They fired a lot of people, moved factories, dramatically scaled back the number of pieces they were manufacturing mm. at one time. At their high point, they had 13,500 different pieces they were making <gasps> wow. across all their models. Wow. And they got that down at a, uh, after a while. They got that down to six thousand. Okay, yeah. Whoa. They also started to in, <clears throat> to encourage fan engagement instead of acting like they they wanted to pretend like oh we don't have all these adult fans. Yeah. Um, and the 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 Star Wars thing continued to kind of put front and center the yellow minifigure problem. Yeah. And that was the thing was, what do you do when you make? Lando Calrissian. Right. Or Mace Windu. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, it, but, the, you know, I guess at first they sidestopped that with just not having those characters in okay, the Okay, that's sets. a solve. <laughs> <laughs> at first. Um, Black people don't exist. Basically. <laughs> in 2003, after they had some success by licensing, um, I guess the, I think it was Major League Soccer, some soccer license. Mm. They, made, they made little soccer sets. They were yeah. kind of cool in that they, they were sort of like a tabletop game. You'd, the characters were in little like springing things. You'd flick them and a little oh, ball would go around. Um, they decided to go to, the, to another sports division. They got the NBA license. Mm. Mm-hmm. And again, that quandary came up front and center um, because it's a very diverse uh, roster in, in NBA teams. So they had this new policy. Real people would have accurate skin tone. Oh, but okay. but like, is Lando a real person? I guess he's portrayed by a real person. Okay, so yeah. you mean actors that you can identify. So <laughs> it's a philosophical question. It really exactly. is. Yeah. Is Lando a real person? <laughs> so the the NBA uh, sets were the first character for the first Lego sets to have black minifigure characters. Yeah, and then I think about a, it was about a year later that they started to just bring that policy to every one of their licensed but products. But can I ask, like, was, like, Chris Mullen, who was, for people who don't know, super, super white? Was he super white? Th- they, they did accurate skin tones. Okay, across yeah. the board. Oh, across okay. the board. Yeah, okay. So the NBA, yeah, the NBA was the first, I guess, technically was also the first one to have white people in it, but the way they kind of had, up to that point, color-coded the yellow minifigures, yeah. it's debatable to say Right, that. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and so they then, still do that today. So today, with licensed ones, yeah. So Star Wars, you've got Ghostbusters, all the Marvel and DC things are doing. Legos, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Simpsons. Sure, they, a lot of they, yellow characters. They keep that the same. <laughs> lifelike, <Right>. lifelike, <laughs> lifelike skin tones. <laughs> um, and but regular sets, the kind of like Lego original themes, mm. like I mentioned, they're still doing those. Space Town, all that, still yellow. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then let's see. You, around this time, um, I guess a couple years before this, 2001, they, they brought in this guy, uh, Vig Nudstorp. Sure. Um, he had been kind of behind the seat, like leading these policies. He's, he's, he's selling like very quickly in the company. And in 2004, he becomes the CEO. And he has been kind of spearheading this turnaround. 
um, they also decided to like kind of focus on on what Lego does best. So they sold the theme parks. If you didn't know there was Lego Land. Oh yeah. Um, they also started making their video games. They were mm. actually doing them internal, um, but they decided to just have third-party developers do that. Um, and he was also the one who I mentioned. He kind of spearheaded that. Let's engage with adult fans more. Okay. And another they have one, more money. It's honestly a smart. Yeah, move. it really <laughs> is. I mean, they're the ones buying the sets, even if it is a kid who yeah. gets it ultimately. But uh, and they continued that with uh, adults. They introduced in 2008 the Lego Architecture series. Oh yeah, which, those are oh, very cool. Those are awesome. These days are one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it just kind of makes sense because Legos make buildings very right. uh, accurately. Um, and the Lego movie might have been kind of the topper of this sort of turnaround. Um, it, I think it was by the end of the uh, the aughts that the company was uh, back to profitabil- profitability. And the Lego movie came out and, as you all know, did stupendously well. Crushed it. Yeah. Totally crushed it. And I'll say back then when I was a kid, I could have not kind of could not have imagined a Lego movie like that coming yeah. out, just because obviously the company was not uh, doing very well at that mm-hmm. era. But now, especially when they have all these uh, uh, licenses, they kind of had a, a way to make a movie that could appeal beyond just Lego interested fans. Sure. Um, but w- some of the cool things about the movie is uh, it's not stop motion, just. Oh, yeah, it's CG, right? It is CGI, yeah. but it tricked a lot of people at first. I mean, you saw it, and it looked yeah. like it, and that's because when they were making the movie, they the people who made it, um, they watched a lot of brick films, fan-made right. films that were stopped. Those are so good. Yeah. They are, and that is, the, that is the inspiration they took, is that kind of style of how, you know, it's, it's stop-motion. It kind of There's sort of a stutter to how things animate, but it, it gives it a, a really nice look and feel. Mm. Um, and But they wanted it to have not just the stop motion look, but they added things like scuffs and thumbprints. Oh, sure. They even added dandruff because <laughs> you can't make Lego stop motion without there being some dust in the <laughs> air. And there, there were some, they, they had to tweak that, how much, how little. Sure. Um, broken parts. Yeah. I mean, I mean kind of <clears throat> the most well-known thing in the movie is that Charlie Day's space character, mm. who again is a reference to that original space theme. Oh, yeah. Crazy about rockets. Yeah. He has a broken helmet, and that's a nod to the fact that those early helmets were not made as well and oh, that's often snapped in that really way. funny. Oh. I also, uh, uh, you might be talking about this, but the themes of the movie are like so true to Lego, uh, Lego as a business. Uh, exactly. <clears throat> it's really unbelievable. So for those who haven't seen it, the whole idea is that you have this Will Ferrell character who is obsessed with making the perfect Lego design following the instructions to a T and then once he's done he glues them together so that they can never be pulled apart. This is a, such a big spoiler. Is it? <laughs> it's literally <laughs> the end of the movie. Well it came out like 10 years ago. <laughs> For those who haven't seen it here's how it ends. It came out two years ago. Uh, five I want to say but uh, but it also encourage it in, in genuinely encourages the idea of creativity as well. It, it is. It, it is. It's a specifically that character is kind of a nod to the like adult fan of Lego. It's definitely one where that character has to change a bit yes. in the movie. But I, it is definitely they they realize like these adult fans are a meaningful part of like right. Lego, and so we have to like not only include them, but they are like kind of an important. To show that the differences in how people approach they, Lego, yeah, they do not portray him as like great in that movie, <laughs> yeah, which is yeah. really bold for a large percentage of their fan base. But they, they also um, that certain point in the movie when they they kind of go to the kitty land, it's yeah. all rainbow colored. That's kind of another thing that there there's a term like I think it's like Rainbow Brigade or something like that. That is uh, that 
<clears throat> those kind of models you make as a kid where you don't care about the color scheme. It's just a bunch of random yeah, colors together. Totally. That's that's another they're they're specifically kind of referencing that idea mm. in that part of the movie. Um, another cool thing about the movie is that the models are as much as possible something you could actually build. Hmm. They, oh, okay. they tried to make wow. them even things like the water animations yeah. are actually like Lego little bricks mm. moving in stop motion style, but they are bricks. Wow. They're not just making water. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they and, ever consider? Sorry, did they ever consider making a movie before the Lego Movie? Because it's it is wild to me that like Lego is super old and it took until 2014 or whatever to bring it into theaters. I don't know. <laughs> I did. I did not check on that. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. So now that's kind of brings up Lego to today. They're, totally. They're they've they've. I think last I checked, their company is not. Eh, this is the first year they didn't have as as good of profits or something. But they're they're still trucking along. Um, there's a really cool museum in that in the place where it all began. Uh, let me find the name in Billund, Denmark. Mm. Uh, and it's a really cool museum because it's kind of built like Lego bricks, like these big blocks stacked on top of each other. And the one on the very top is literally designed to look like a Lego brick. Oh, with cool! The eight studs on top yeah. that are actually mm. gigantic, uh, like sun uh, windows. Oh, um, so that's uh, if so you're you ever... can just keep building the building if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah, just start from there. <laughs> uh, so I want to do some. Lego jargon. Okay. I got this from a website, The Brothers Brick. Uh, what do you think Griebling is? Oh, my God. I have no idea. I'm picturing Gizmo from the Gremlins. I feel like Griebling is like, it's probably if you try and attach a block or something, and then you pull it off, and somehow it like rips the top of the block off or whatever, and then you're very sad about it. I feel like that's the verb Griebling. So I, I really like that, and that should have a name because that is one of the most frustrating experiences when you're trying to like take Lego pieces apart. But no, Griebling um, is this is a term that like Lego fans use for the the pseudo technical decorations you would put on a model just to kind of like jazz it up. Uh, specifically, it's most often on like space sets when okay. people are making their own space things. It's, or, or I guess a good example, if you look at the Millennium Falcon, sure. just kind of across the surface, it's not like a smooth, nice spaceship. Oh, yeah, it's got yeah. like little pretend cables and vents and yeah, piping and things. Yeah, textures and stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's, uh, Interesting. Uh, Griebling. Hmm. And when it comes to like the fans, I, I guess this is a good one. This is a um, acronym. MOC. M-O-C. M-O-C. I feel like I've heard this one before. This kind of rings a bell, but I don't know. Made on... Made of children. <laughs> Made of children. <laughs> so it's my own creation. Oh. oh. So this is off the book. This is what you would call, like, uh, I'm going to post pictures of my mock. My, sure. My, not, not like a Lego set that Lego, the company right. designed. And I'm some, uh, presumably some of these look extremely good. Yes. But they just don't, they don't necessarily follow a Lego pre-built <laughs> idea. Exactly. And that is where you will often find... Griebling, because that's just like a, 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 you know, you'll see, especially when the space sets, people like to like really jazz up their sets and make them look like they put a lot of details into every little thing. Yeah. I appreciate that my is included in that acronym because like now I'm just thinking of an Instagram of original creations where the person's like, check out mock. Here's mock. Allegra <laughs> <laughs> so has fun. <laughs> uh, do we have one more slang that you could share? Okay. Uh, Cuso, C U U S O O. Is it an acronym or is it no. weird? Oh, in Japanese, wizard language? that word is a very offensive. Oh boy, word. we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna explore that. 
Kuso. Um, the sound that two bricks make when you rub them together. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is the original name for a line of Legos called Lego Ideas. Oh. So they made their own kind of little Kickstarter thing. And this is where I wanted to kind of uh, get back to uh, Lego didn't they they had a, the 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 women issue where they they kind of stereotyped when they put lego minifigures in their sets mm. they were often in very gendered uh, oh, positions sure. yeah so one of the lego ideas that somebody submitted and succeeded was the women of science set which has three little displays of women they also later did a women of nasa set mm. i think you can actually still get that one today cool yeah, but yeah. Uh, i love i actually love the lego ideas line they asked where they actually had the ghostbusters um, they have Adventure Time, Doctor Who. They even made a Big Bang Theory set. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. It's weird. I mean, I guess Lego would have never made that otherwise. And uh, my girlfriend for Christmas got me this Apollo rocket that somebody designed and, and submitted there. And That's awesome. An excellent set. Cool. <laughs> Hopefully not Apollo 1. <laughs> oh, God. That got dark. Uh, cool. Uh, any other exciting Lego stuff before we wrap things up? Okay. Uh, I did promise a... Get rich quick scheme. Oh yeah. oh yeah, yeah. So it turns out that Legos, the 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 sets, uh, kind of I think part of that model team idea of like super big uh, detailed sets. They're also called the Ultimate Collector Series. For some reason, these Ultimate Collector Series, the Moline Falcon being a very famous one, when they release it and then discontinue it, mm. this originally like as example, the Millennium Falcon in two thousand seven launched for five hundred dollars. Discontinued these days. Fetches around five thousand to seven thousand. Whoa, that's nuts. There's a Taj Mahal set was three hundred dollars in two thousand eight. Now it's a twenty five hundred or thirty five hundred. Holy 3, cow! Oh, and and there's a lot of these. And the, the only thing that I uh, I would maybe uh, recommend not making this your investment strategy is that you're kind of at the whim of Lego whether or not they like release one of these sets sure. and discontinue it or decide to make it for ten years. Right. Uh, they uh, but that that is a a thing where it's around twelve percent returns on and if you if you uh do this strategically but don't like do that like, though we we learn with being you can't babies. you can't not open a good them. Idea. Yeah. you can't play with them right. you just gotta like keep them in the box i mean i feel like if we were to do that today like let's say i was like oh i'm gonna get the millennium falcon because maybe it's gonna continue to appreciate i feel like i it would have to be like a be rich already and stay rich scheme. <laughs> exactly thousand dollars you gotta have some upfront investment very yeah. very important uh, I think this is my last. Oh, go for it. Because I wanted to give Allegra a Guinness World Record. <gasps> she loves oh, them. Oh, I do. Uh, so how tall do you think the tallest Lego tower is? See, that's a good record. That is like a concrete. the records. <laughs> but you give them attention. And that's a good record to give attention to because there's no cheating on that. <laughs> it's an authentic record. Go for it, Allegra. Guess. I'm going to guess. I'm going to say 50 feet. Okay, I'm gonna guess. Fifty. I'm gonna guess. A hundred and ten feet. Very close, Russ. Yeah. <laughs> so the current Guinness World Record holder was built in Milan, Italy. It's a. It was hundred and fourteen feet eleven inches tall. Built cool. in twenty fifteen. Yeah. But. There's an unofficial new record holder uh, at 118 feet built in Tel Aviv this past December. 
to honor an eight-year-old cancer victim who Aww. loved Legos named Omer Sayeg and is named the Omer Tower. Aww. It used over 500,000 Lego pieces. Oh, my gosh. And it beat the record by about three feet. Wow. But they're waiting. They're still waiting Unofficial. on their Guinness That's record. very cool. Yeah. I got to look up a photo of that. Yeah. That's awesome. So an interesting question, though, about these record towers, because, you know, this is one of those records that people keep trying to beat. Sure. Somebody uh, proposed in this Reddit thread... How tall could you make a tower before it crushes the brick on the bottom? Oh, yeah. Sure, that's good. And this is actually a really good example of how strong the bricks are that Lego makes. Yeah. They use very hardy plastic. Um, a brick can withstand 432 kilograms or 950 pounds. Whoa. A brick weighs about 1.15 grams. Sure. So that means a tower would be 300, 375, 100,000 bricks tall. I think I said that right, <laughs> which is equates to 2.17 miles. Oh my gosh. 3.5 kilometers. That's incredible. Wow. That is the size of a tower that would actually crush itself. Wow. wow. And at that point, half the tower's in space, so which, it's probably yeah. even lighter. He wonders why we just don't build skyscrapers out of Legos. That's yes. true. Let's live it up. Uh, that was great, Clayton. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, it was a pleasure to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and thank you to everyone at home uh, for listening to this episode of The History of Fun. Uh, where we explore the hidden backstories behind the things you love to do. As always, if you want to uh, review us on Apple Podcasts, we appreciate it. Uh, subscribe, tell your friends, spread the word. Chris Plant's baby will really appreciate it, I'm sure. Um, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.